Alrighty, Rare Petro audience, welcome back. We've got a new episode of the Industry Leader Spotlight. Hopefully I can make it through it because I am coming off a little bit of strep throat, but thankfully you're not here to listen to me talk. You're actually here for the Industry Leader. And today I'm joined by David Forsberg. Welcome to the show, David. Great to be here. Yeah, of course. So David Forsberg is the Chief Financial Analyst and Managing Partner for Ascent Energy Ventures, a venture fund focused on investments to automate and digitize the energy industry. Mr. Forsberg has over 15 years experience managing investment capital for both institutions and private investors. His background in the energy sector includes working for the Secretary of Energy and the Senior Policy Advisors, managing E&P and commodity future portfolios, investments in working interest in minerals, and ventures in the energy technology sector. David's expertise can help energy professionals navigate coming to the oil and gas industry as digitization creates efficiencies throughout the industry we will be sure to include lots of links for Ascent Energy Ventures throughout the show and definitely down in the subscription. But first, this is Industry Leader Spotlight. A little bit different than some of the people we've interviewed before. You do investment, but how did you get involved first into the energy industry? Where did it all begin? Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. I actually think back when I was a, a freshman in college, I was in an econ class and they were talking about wind and energy and, and other sources of energy. And I just found it that he used it as an example. And I found it fascinating. And then I, I started work, I did a little bit of work in DC and then uh, I kind of left the industry. You know, I, I didn't get a job in it. Um, and I uh, went to more of the investment side of things um, where most of our portfolio when we were running long short was probably EMP stocks, and then and then from there I had an opportunity to work for a single-family office, which is where I was finally really thrust into the energy industry. And this would have been 2012-2013 timeframe, and I worked for a single-family office that uh, their source of wealth was the EMP space. So we had a mid-con company. I ran a minerals and royalty portfolio, and then we got interested in the energy tech space. Mm-hmm. And I mean, have you looked back since? It doesn't really look like it. When I scroll through your LinkedIn portfolio, it seems like you've stayed involved ever since you got that foot in the door. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm deeply passionate about the um, uh, industry as a whole. I think there are uh, social reasons and, and uh, uh, advantages or, or things that you can do to deliver uh, energy to the world. And I think that's an important thing, having been someone who's traveled around a lot uh, growing up and, and visited much of the world. I, I think that, that the energy industry is the bedrock of the global economy and uh, the um, uh, way to improve people's lives is to deliver energy to them. So I think that that's a, an emotional piece. And then I, I find it fascinating as well from a, a logistics and a, and a science and a technology and an economics perspective. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, this is Industry Leader Spotlight. So, yeah, you got started doing a little bit of energy investment. But when do you think you finally classified yourself as a leader, somebody who wasn't just taking orders but walking forward and calling some shots? Oh, I don't know that I would ever – I don't know that I <laughs> qualify myself as that. I do think that I am, uh, have, have slowly become an expert in the energy tech space, in part not because of my energy exposure but because of my – exposure automating financial markets and developing automated strategies there and algorithms there and focusing on uh, that type of a process and and applying it to the energy industry most most energy professionals have only worked in the energy industry and i think it's that that multi-language that i speak that brings a lot of uh, unique insights 
uh, if not uh, expertise that makes me maybe a leader in this space. Hmm. Well, successful and humble, we love to see it. What is it that your company specifically does in the energy sector? So we're a venture fund that invests in energy technology companies. That's our target. Uh, so companies that are leading the digital transformation in the traditional energy, next gen energy, and water energy nexus. Those are our three sub silos. And um, so we we invest uh, in our, our partner capital into those types of companies. Mm-hmm. And then normally after that point, we like to ask the question. Uh, usually the people on the show are EMP involved, what they think about this current downturn. But rather, I'd like to tailor it more to your expertise. What are your thoughts on the current oil and gas downturn in creating opportunities in the energy investment space? Yeah, uh, I think there is... The adoption cycle for digital technology solutions is somewhat negatively correlated with commodity prices. Mm-hmm. And there's a, um, uh, there, there are a number of reasons for that. The first is, is that people tend to be uh, risk adverse in their adoption or investing, but also in their adoption of technology. And the, the risk of adoption of technology declines materially so with the price of commodities. And so it becomes almost a necessity and the, the downside becomes more of a positive. Um, so I think the adoption cycles have improved. Um, I think, and that's demonstrated through revenue growth in many of these companies. Uh, I, I think that the EMP space is also looking to these companies to help solve the, the challenges that they face today, which are uh, how do I operate in a lower price environment? And one strategy to do that is to uh, have a digital or more efficient operations. And that includes in the field, but also in the back office accounting and those types of um, a support arms of, an, in, of, a, of a company. And so I, I think that, that's, uh, that that's been good for energy tech. And is that a pretty significant portion of your day trying to convince someone that just because the commodity price is low does not mean there's not opportunities to invest? Yeah, I think that is a part of my day for sure. The, the story is, is that uh, unfortunately and inaccurately, the energy industry, the traditional energy industry, has been vilified to such an extent uh, over the last, uh, really the last five years. Um, and it's unlike anything in history. And I think that narrative is, is one, factually inaccurate. And it is, it is also a hard narrative to get over because it, it triggers emotional responses for many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, convincing, letting people know that this is actually a good industry doing good things is, is, is a difficult thing. Definitely. And then what things do you think will come out of this downturn specifically for the investment sector? I mean, are there going to be any big changes to practice or is this really just a hiccup in the road and people will dump their money back into it when they feel that there's less risk? No, I think that the scars of the last really 10 and possibly 20 years of the complete disruption and, and uh, irresponsible handling of capital, investor capital, this industry, that, that is a real black eye. And it's something that we should all be kind of embarrassed of, frankly. Um, I, I think that those scars will last for a while and, and trust has been eroded from investors uh, in, in multiple ways into this industry. Um, and that, that, that also creates an opportunity because there's less capital flowing to it. Now, going forward, uh, so I think capital will be slightly constrained. I think consolidation is going to continue. I don't know that it's going to be as extreme as other people think it will be because um, that is one way to survive. 
I do think that there are companies right now or, or people that are getting together and saying, how do I rebuild an E&P company or, uh, and what does that look like? Um, and they're really focusing on their tech stack and where their strategic advantage or edge might be. And I think that the greatest energy tech company or energy company in the next, uh, our lifetime, say the next 20 years, as we look back, will be a company that is founded today. And it will be a company that is very focused on uh, efficiently managing assets, efficiency, efficiently operating uh, at the uh, corporate offices, and that's all tech enabled. Mm -hmm. And I like how you mentioned that this is more than just the previous downturn. This is something that extends kind of a ways back, even if we just look at 2016, the way that the capital was managed from, say, <laughs> the fracking boom. I mean, definitely things need to change. So how do you see digital tech adapting to these changes? I mean, I, I don't expect you to have any specific examples, but what's going to crop up from this downturn from the past 10, 20 years? How do we learn when we move forward? Well, I think if you look in 2014, end of 2014, there was the first sell-off. And out of that batch, there was a number of people who were laid off and they launched energy tech companies that filled a pain point that existed from, that they had experienced for their career in the energy industry. I think that we're going to see that again here where there will be a number of people who found energy tech companies and give all kinds of unique solutions that I can't even predict, okay? and how these solutions interact together and compound, creating synergistic values and, and really an exponential curve here in terms of technology for these companies. Uh, I don't have a, a prediction for that, although I do see at the macro level this occurring. Um, as it uh, pertains to the future of this industry, I think that this industry will be drastically changed because of these companies. And in general, in the industrial sectors, I think there's an opportunity to uh, pull out so much cost and operational uh, inefficiencies uh, through the adoption of digital solutions and automation that it, it will be a, a huge gain to global productivity and GDP that uh, I, I think will be a permanent shift and a very positive uh, for the world in general. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of the people who do listen to this podcast are a little bit younger, maybe recent graduates or just young energy professionals in the Denver metropolitan area. Hopefully we can grow that audience. Do you have any advice for them, even if it's from a financial perspective? I know a lot of people that I graduated with, myself included, maybe want to get involved in that space. What can we do to market ourselves as the best, like you said, multifaceted, double language sort of energy professionals? Sure. I think the number one thing in terms of skills is you need to have multiple skills now. It's, it's not just, uh, I'm a reservoir engineer. It's I'm a reservoir engineer and a data analyst. And I'm a reservoir engineer and I can program or, or whatever it, it might be, but you need to have those multiple experiences because where they overlap in that Venn diagram of, of who you are is where the you can really carve a niche out for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so I would focus on figuring out what the two three or maybe even four areas of expertise are going to be. Um, in fact, a number of people who have been laid off who I know who are maybe of my, my generation, which is uh, I graduated from CU in about 2004, is um, they have gone, they've been laid off, they were geologists, and now they're going back to school and getting uh, uh, data science degrees as well. So I, I think it's important to have that overlap going forward. Exactly, that overlap definitely creates value uh, do you see yourself maybe retraining yourself moving forward, getting that third or fourth skill, or 
do you feel you've found the place where you're maybe going to remain for the rest of your career? No, I think that, I mean, I, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, I, I think time will tell, hmm. but, but my expertise tends to overlap in, in three spaces. One is uh, financial from an investment side of things. I have a CFA charter holder. I have a degree in finance, so uh, investments. The other is uh, energy in particular. So that's more of a sector expertise. And then the, the two other ones that would maybe be subcategories to that would be um, decision-making and improving decision-making. I think that's one space too where everybody can, can drastically improve. What is your process to decision-making? And decision-making is not as simple as, as we maybe believe it to be. And you should really spend some time thinking about that and reading about it. And then the final is automating an industry and what that looks like. I have experience in that in one sector, and now I'm here to apply it in the other sector. Hmm. And then I'd like to circle back a little bit. I don't know how entirely it ties everything together, but you did mention how oil and gas specifically has kind of been put into a bad light over the past. But what is your view on the current attitude for the energy transition? And can energy tech play a role in maybe making that industry look a little bit better or bridging the gap that seems to exist between some different forms of energy? Yeah, so energy tech will play a role in both cases, okay? Because it is all about centrally planned, remotely executed assets. They all have technology needs to operate their businesses and to improve planning and execution. Um, as far as them overlapping, I think the tech, digital technology solutions often will overlap or, or service both um, silos. Um, and uh, I, I think that's where digital tech will play a role because if you're doing paper ticketing uh, for a oil well, what's the difference between that and, uh, and you switch to digital and, and then you do that for solar panels maintenance. So I think that, that will be uh, applied there. Uh, I, I do think that the digital or the transition uh, is somewhat overstated in the sense that oil and gas and energy is going, uh, traditional energy is going away. That, that simply isn't the case, and, and very few forecasters uh, out to 2050 are calling for that. And I think when you look at that, yes, the next-gen space is growing in terms of percentage of energy mix, but the traditional energy space is also growing. The pie is growing. And if you look at data, we've delivered roughly our, our quality of energy is 70 uh, to 30 percent of the world. 70 percent of the world still lives in, in various levels of energy insecurity or energy poverty. And as all of those people come online and uh, reach, uh, I believe it's Shell that says once people reach $4,000 a year of, of income, they start consuming more energy uh, and, and it matches our growth here in the developed world. I, I think that, that that is a uh, material understanding that people are forgetting that those that's seventy percent of the world still wants to consume energy, and they will consume it uh, in whatever form they can, and that that means that this pie is going to grow a lot, and there are a lot of needs not only for next gen, which uh, I, I think has certain downsides as well, but also through the traditional energy silos. Exactly, definitely an opportunity to grow, and then with that energy development across the globe, how does it change the size of the digital marketplace? Because I imagine that has to sort of reach those areas as well. And it may not be the same time as the energy uh, <laughs> ascension does at the same time, if you will. Yeah, the energy sector is the biggest digital laggard of all major sectors. Okay, It's, it's self-described and viewed that. 
that also simultaneously, even in the downturn, is still the largest global capex. They spend more money than any other industry. So there's plenty of money there. And so uh, the digital solutions there can help you operate more efficiently. And the scale of these uh, uh, growth for these companies is really, it, it is massive. And especially when you start uh, thinking outside the U.S., it, it is just a huge growth opportunity for digital solutions. And they scale very well and are more exponential business models instead of linear business models. And so I think that is a, uh, a, a trend that will be here for the decade or two of the future. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's about all I had that I wanted to ask. Is there anything else you want to mention about yourself or even just Ascent Energy Ventures before we close out the show? No, but thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. And like I said, I will be able to include all of the links to Asset Energy Ventures and even David's LinkedIn profile below. So reach out to him, see what he can do for you and your company, find an opportunity to grow because like he said, energy use, it's likely going to grow. That pie is going to grow. Let's grow together. Let's learn new skills and let's tackle this future. So again, thank you, David, for joining us. All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a great day. Yeah, you as well. And we see you next time. Take care, everybody.